Strength in the Shadows, the podcast where we fearlessly navigate the art of building discipline, cultivating grit, mastering resilience, and unlocking true potential. Surpass your limits and join us on this journey of transformation as we unapologetically explore the intersection of fitness, mindset, and unwavering accountability. Welcome, my friend. Let's go. If you had the choice of any duty station, right, any home base while in the military, more specifically the Navy, where would you go? What would you choose? What are your options? What did I choose? Any regrets? Any mistakes? All of that in today's episode. And I don't have much experience with the Army, Air Force, or the Coast Guard. So unfortunately, I don't have that experience. I can't speak on it. If there's any people out there listening that are active duty or hell, fellow veterans that were in Air Force, Army, or Coast Guard, please, would love to hear from you guys. What was your favorite base? What was the favorite place that you worked or lived out of? Would love to hear from you, seriously. So in becoming an officer... There are three popular routes. The first one is OCS, Officer Candidate School. You have ROTC, in which you can go to a traditional college or university, get military training, and then boom, post-graduation from that college, you would commission as an officer. And last but not least, you can take the route of going to a service academy. There are four service academies in the United States. You have the Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. That's where I went. You have the Coast Guard Academy, the Military Academy, also known as West Point or army and then you have the air force academy in colorado springs colorado if you go to any one of those four service academies it's completely free you pay nothing full ride so not a better route just a different route the only thing is that post-graduation or of course now in my 30s i don't have student loans or debt so that is nice but at the same time we did sacrifice on fun and parties and chicks and debauchery so Sometimes I regret it. Sometimes I wish I went to Arizona State or USC or University of Montana. But at the end of the day, it was the right choice for me and going to the Naval Academy worked out. So when it comes to the military and where you can go, it really depends on your community, right? So community is another term for job or field or career, right? Your pathway. And at the Naval Academy, right, with the Navy here, There's a bunch of different routes, and we'll break them all down. And also time commitment, your obligation, it differs from community to community. So, for example, if you want to become a Navy pilot, that's going to be a different time commitment or obligation than if you went to become a submarine officer, right? Or if you went surface warfare like I did. At the end of the day, it might be five years, eight years, 10 years, 15 years. It is dependent. But... In today's episode, or when we break this down, I'll essentially give, for these other communities that I was not a part of, I'll give you and lay out your first duty station or your first area of training or development and where you would go after graduating from the Naval Academy. So the most popular or sought-after route, so to speak, when you arrive at the Naval Academy, which 95% of dudes will tell you this on day one, is that they want to become Navy SEALs, right? They have a boner for motivation. They're ready to rock and roll. They want to talk about it and not be about it. They don't want to put in the work. And unfortunately, the sad reality is that most people, right, they don't make it. They don't work hard. They don't actually want it. They just want to say that to feel cool or look good and get their chill to pull ratio up. At the end of the day, a very small micro percentage of midshipmen or students at the Naval Academy will go to become a SEAL or get the opportunity to prove that. And um, if you do go the SEAL route, 
you will be stationed or get over for buds in Coronado, California. Another very competitive route out of the Naval Academy is EOD. Falls under Spec War, Special Warfare, and EOD stands for Explosive Ordnance Disposal. So you may have seen it in TV shows or movies, right? Films. Those badasses or savages diffusing bombs, wearing those beefy bomb suits. That's EOD. And if you go to dive school or start off your training pipeline for EOD, you'd be going down to Panama City, Florida. If you want to become a Navy pilot, you'll also be going to Florida. So specifically, Pensacola. After Pensacola, depending on your aircraft or whichever squadron you're going to be going to, additional training, all of that, typically people will find themselves in Corpus Christi, Texas. But once again, that all depends on your career pathway within the aviation community. MedCorps, right? Becoming a doctor. Very, very competitive at the Naval Academy. I think five to 10 students got selected for that. Cream of the crop. In my graduating class, there was about 1,100 of us. And like I said, five or 10 people were able to get MedCorps, Medical Corps. You'd go to med school and then boom, serve a minimum of like 12 to 13 years at least to pay back the government or pay back the Navy for all that schooling and, um, after you get done with medical school, they would ship you off to whatever base or whichever ship or command they need you at, right? Needs of the Navy. If you want to become a submariner, right? Submarine officer, you'd be going down after graduation to Charleston, South Carolina. Amazing city, amazing town. Absolutely love Charleston. And then after Charleston, typically people will find themselves in Kings Bay, Georgia, or they'll find themselves up at Groton, Connecticut, Additional training and schooling, right? You're working with nuclear power. If you want to go the Marine Corps route, right? Marine air, Marine ground. One of the two, it doesn't matter. You're going to TBS, the basic school. That's following graduation. You go report down to TBS. That's in Quantico, Virginia. After that, follow the pipeline in which, whichever route the Marine Corps is sending you. Let's see. Supply, right? If you're going to become a supply officer, your schooling or training will start in Newport, Rhode Island. After that, I don't know exactly where they send supply officers, but at the end of the day, that's where you'll start your training. Newport, Rhode Island. So, surface warfare. That's what I did. Shout out to the SWO daddies and SWO mamas out there. You know who you are. If you're a SWO... You're serving on a ship. Of course, there's different ships out there. You have aircraft carriers, missile cruisers, destroyers. You, of course, have amphibs, right? Amphibious assault ships, so LPDs, LSDs, and LHDs. You'll have minesweepers, and you'll have the Zoomwalt. So different ships, different capabilities, different crew sizes, different duty sections. We'll talk more about that later. And uh, different weapon systems and different home ports consist of different classes or types of ships. And so the one unique or really cool thing about going SWO is that you actually have, for the first time ever in your military career, and maybe the only time, you actually have control over your future for the first two or three years post-graduation. So I'll never forget it, man. Ship selection night. Man, it was so special. It was so fun. It was so epic and exciting. Essentially, in your time at the Naval Academy, your first three years, it's like a prove-it deal. Everything you do, all your training, all your leadership, 
specifically your academic performance, right? Your grades, which matter most. All of us get ranked in order, right? Order of merit. And the better you did in school, the better you performed at the Naval Academy for those first three years, the higher your you know draft pick was on ship selection night. And so it was like the NFL draft or NBA draft. There's a big board, all these home ports. And of course, under each home port, you have those different types of ships listed, needs of the Navy. And so every year, once a year, boom, they line people up in order of rank. Out of 250 SWOs, I was picked like 80 or 85, I believe. So not too high, not too low. It's a good place to be. And on this board, you'll see all the different home ports, right? You'll see Rota, Spain, Sasebo, Japan, Yokosuka, Japan, Manama, Bahrain. You have Norfolk, Virginia, Mayport, Florida, also known as Jacksonville, Florida. You can choose San Diego, California, Bremerton, Washington, and last but not least, Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. That's on the island of Oahu. So of all those duty stations, right, all those ports, where do you think the most popular option is? You're right. You guessed it. Rhoda, Spain. Good old Europe, right? Explore Europe. Take Ryanair flights. Run an absolute muck. It was the absolute dream, right? Well, I will tell you, it definitely was the most competitive. And that is one thing at the Naval Academy, right? Competition is in the blood of all the students. And typically in midshipman culture, midshipman means, you know, a student at the Naval Academy. Within midshipman culture, midshipmen always just wanted what other midshipmen couldn't have. So there was a ton of people that wanted or selected Rota simply because other people couldn't have it. You had to be in like the top of our class to even be on the table sniffing Rota. And man, when it's all said and done, I heard mixed reviews actually. People who selected Rota, which I think it was like five to eight of us that were able to select it. Dude, you were out to sea literally like nine to 10 months of the year. So if you like being out to sea and working and grinding and getting overworked and underpaid, yeah, Rota was a good spot. I mean, sure, when you went out to sea, when you went underway, you pulled into amazing places across, you know, Europe. Um, but most people, when they pulled back into Rota and they were in Spain, You'd imagine that a lot of them would be going up to Madrid or Barcelona or like Sevilla and stuff. But all in all, man, most people were so tired from getting work so hard that they just crashed on the couch or caught up on sleep or hung out at their apartment or condo or house right there in Rota, which is a beautiful little town. Um, but all in all, man, I don't know if I would have chosen Rota if I had the opportunity. Um, it was never a possibility because my grades weren't that good. So Norfolk, Virginia. Had been there once or twice. A lot of people wanted to be close to home or be in, you know, close to the New England area, I guess, or in the Bay State. So they would choose to be close to family or friends or people who they'd grown up with or be close to the Naval Academy. So all in all, for me, it wasn't a choice. Um, cold during the December, January, February, March months. Wanted to escape that cold weather. Norfolk was one of the places, at least on the board for the draft. It was one of the last remaining places that was available. Mayport, Florida, right? Jacksonville. I've never been there. A lot of pilots get stationed there in Jacksonville, right? Jack's Beach. So um, can't really go run with Florida, I guess. I mean, 
a lot of ships there get stationed um, or get at least operations down in the Caribbean or Central or South America, dabble a little bit in Europe. All in all, the people I know that went to Jacksonville or went to Mayport, they enjoyed it and um, really soaked it in. Bremerton, Washington, right? Not too, too far from Seattle, but met a few people that made their way up there. Pacific Northwest is absolutely gorgeous. It rains a lot. It is cold. You do have access to, you know, Vancouver or Canada there. Um, some great skiing up there as well and hiking. So if you like the outdoors, uh, I know a lot of people that chose Bremerton were pretty happy. They did go underway quite a bit, though. Oahu, Hawaii, right? Pearl Harbor. Man, that was actually one of the two top spots on my list. I did not end up choosing Hawaii. Some days I wish I would have. But, dude, being able to be stationed in your first two or three years as a naval officer in Hawaii, right? You can live in Kaneohe, Kailua, Lani Kai, downtown Waikiki or Honolulu. Man, a lot of friends, a lot of people I know made their way out there and they absolutely loved it. There was a time or place where they got sick of the island or, you know, got island fever and wanted to leave and be on the mainland. But, dude, you get paid a lot out there. It is expensive, but you get paid a ton. And um, you can really enjoy the mountains there and enjoy the beaches and jump to the different Hawaiian islands. So I've always loved my time in Hawaii. Gone there on liberty or on leave while I was in the military. Of course, post-military, I've gone out there and visited friends and uh, pulled in there a couple times on my deployment. So much love to Hawaii. Absolutely a great choice if it's on the table. Manama by rain. Man, a lot of people that went out there fought some serious fucking demons. So there's really only minesweeps, right? Minesweepers right there in Bahrain. It's incredibly hot. A totally different culture. Some people love it. Some people hate it. You make a ton of money out there. Like all my buddies that went out there made a ton of money, but they were absolutely miserable. And if you're on a minesweeper, you're on duty every third day. So you're required to sleep on the ship every third day. Um, overworked, underpaid, still even getting all the money you do in Bahrain. Um, there's not much money in that community in regards to repairing or working on the ship. So you're really grinding for it out there. Um, all in all, never considered Bahrain. And I pulled it in on deployment for four or five days. I enjoyed it. It was fun. But after that fifth day, Boom, I was out and I don't plan on returning. Sasebo, Japan, and Yokosuka, Japan. Dude, not a bad choice, not a bad option. You are going out to sea quite a bit. You are far from home, right? Far from the United States. If you don't mind that, all good. But uh, Japanese culture, Japanese people, the food, I personally love it. But like I said, you are out to sea eight to nine months of the year. And um, you do have access though, right? Yokosuka, um, you're right nearby um, Yokohama, you're by Tokyo. You can take flights up to Hokkaido up there in the north. You can take the train over um, to Kyoto. But all my friends that were out in Japan, you either loved it or you hated it. And like I said, you were always out to sea. So like Rhoda, when you came back and you pulled into port, Oftentimes, people would just stay in Yokosuka or Sass Vegas, right, Sasebo, and just chill balls and catch up on sleep or maybe go pump some iron. Outside of that, I think we covered all the duty stations except the one that I chose. Goody me, right? San Diego, California. In total, 
analyzing all the choices and options, I do believe to this day that San Diego is the best duty station if you have you know, access to that or have the option to be sent here. I'm still here at the time of this recording, parked in this van as a bumfuck civilian, right? A veteran here living out of my car, right? Out of my vehicle. I am still here in Southern California and I wouldn't want it any other way. Dude, San Diego really does have it all. It is a military town. You have access to everything out here. The beaches, right? You can go up into the mountains not too far away, get some skiing or snowboarding. Different cities across the West Coast. The weather typically is pretty good. It's definitely warmer than Norfolk. You got beaches, right? Women, good food. Sun was typically shining almost every single day, especially when I first got stationed out here. And then you have quick flight, quick flights over there to Hawaii if you want to explore or dabble. And then Tijuana, right? TJ is just south, maybe like 10 or 15 minutes away from where we are right now. So you can cross the border and dabble in the demons of Mexico. But man, it was a great place to be. When me and my friends first came out here as midshipmen, the Navy had sent us out here for some training. And dude, I fell in love immediately. It was the place for me. Like I said, you'll connect with other military people who are stationed out here. You know, there are SEALs, people who are in EOD. You have pilots, uh, submariners, and of course, uh, surface warfare officers. So um, a lot of fun, man. A lot of fun. My first duty station, of course, here, San Diego. Second duty station, boom, San Diego again. So I got super lucky, five, five and a half years here in San Diego with two overseas deployments. Not too shabby, not too bad. And a lot of people will ask, right? Like, why did you get out? Or like, what was your option after that second tour in San Diego? Did you want to stay? Did you want to leave? Well, this is what happens, right? At least to paint the picture for people who may not be familiar. Essentially, when we graduate from the Naval Academy, this is the pipeline, right? This is your career trajectory. You have to do two sea tours, and then following your two sea tours, you do one shore tour. So you go out to sea, two to three years on one ship, boom, again. You transfer now on another ship, two to three years on that ship. And then after you're done with those two sea tours, you recharge your batteries, right? You recalibrate, you reset, you calm down, you get some rest. And boom, the Navy gives you a pretty cush job. You're loving life. And sometimes they try to convince you or trick you into signing on for another three, five, 10 years, or maybe you get all the way up to 20 years. Well, I did my two sea tours, right? I did my time. I deployed twice, was going out to sea underway to and from San Diego. Boom, got done. I was exhausted. I was tired. I needed to recharge my batteries. And I had an open mind. Why not, right? Maybe stay in the Navy a little bit longer, see where it took me. And so I remember, man, I walked in to my Commodore's office, right? Who was an 06, a uh, Navy captain, been in the year, uh, been in the Navy like 25 plus years. And my detailer, right? The people who are in charge of our assignments or our duty stations, when you're up for your orders, right? Your next duty station, or in this case for my shore tour, they basically email or send out this list of all these different commands or all these different options and various places across the globe. And so my idea for shore tour was San Diego or Hawaii. If there was something good international, hey, I would take it. All good. Well, unfortunately, the Navy all of a sudden wanted to change its plans on how it did things for the last 50, 70, 90 fucking years, right? Instead of going to shore tour, 
The Navy wanted to send me back to Sea Tor. What? Absolutely not. Go on a third ship? Deploy for a third time in a row? I'm good. Maybe later, but not now. And so I made it clear to my Commodore. I don't want to go back out to sea. Why are all the options on this list basically sending me back out to sea or going to deploy again? No, I'm not doing that. Hawaii or San Diego? I need to recharge my batteries. He looked at me and he goes, Son, Joe, I don't want you to get out of the Navy simply because you don't want to go out to sea. I mean, SWOs belong at sea, he said. What? SWOs belong at sea. He literally said those words. And sure, we do belong at sea. But you need a break. You need to mix it up, have some short tour, maybe go lead the troops to glory as an ROTC instructor at SDSU or US, USC or UCLA. Right? Run amok over, I don't know, in Hawaii, getting off work at noon or two and enjoying the island. I mean, something just to recalibrate. Nope. For me, at least, they wanted to send me back to sea. And I told him, no, I'm not doing that. He goes, hey, well, can we send you to Bahrain? I'm like, what? We just came from there on deployment. I don't want to go to Bahrain. He goes, well, you can make a ton of money. Yeah, but sir, I want to be happy. I don't care about money at this point in my career. He's like, well, the nightlife's great over there. Um, you know, especially if you're single, you could. I cut him off at the time I had a girlfriend. Sir, I'm not single. We just came there from deployment. No, the nightlife sucked. There was a curfew of 10 p.m. No, I'm not going to Bahrain. What, do you, what else do you have on the list here for me? He goes, oh, well, we can send you to Japan. Okay, I don't want to go to Japan, but like what shore tour or what duty station there in Japan could I go recharge my batteries? He goes, oh, well, you wouldn't be on shore tour. You'd be going to a Desron, right? A des um, destroyer squadron, which is essentially a command um, embarked on an aircraft carrier out there, right? So on one of the amphibs, a destroyer squadron staff job or something like that. And I'm like, does it go under go underway? Does it go out to sea? He goes, yep. 10 or 11 months out of the year, it's a two-year tour. So what, like 20 or 22 months out of the 24 out at sea? No, thank you. Next. He goes, hey, the best we can do probably is get you over to Dahlgren, Virginia at a schoolhouse. Literally, bumfuck nowhere. I said, sir, I'm telling the detailer, you can tell the detailer, it's Hawaii, San Diego, or I'm out. Reported back to the detailer. Detailer came back to me. Said, sorry, no can do. We need you at one of these three commands or one of these three areas. Next day, boom, dropped my papers. They came crawling back, trying to change my mind. And no, no, please, please. Can we send you out to Norfolk on, you know, this destroyer? We promise it won't be that. No, I'm done. And sure enough, I began my process to get out of the Navy. And that was it. So I never got a shore tour, did two sea tours. And that was it. But hopefully anyone listening right now doesn't get screwed like that. Because like I said, they preach and they tell you all the time. You are guaranteed shore duty. Just do your job. Work hard for your sailors. And then boom, the Navy will take care of you. Unfortunately, in my position at that time, needs of the Navy, they couldn't take care of me. And that was all good. Okay. I went all in on Illuminati Iron and Strength in the Shadows. And here we are. Van life, baby. So to everyone listening especially the prospective midshipmen or people who are considering joining the Navy. And of course, we listed out some of those 
potential duty stations or commands or areas of the world that you'd be starting off at if you go down, you know, that pipeline or that community. But if you go swell, right, surface warfare. My biggest, you know, piece of advice, the two things you have to keep into consideration. So please, if you're a midshipman right now, you know, at an ROTC unit or at the Naval Academy, please listen up. These are the facts. This is the truth. They never told us this. So I'm giving you the gouge. I'm giving you the intel. Prioritize duty station, right? Your home port. Choose a ship in an area or part of the country or world where you will be happy. You're not working 24-7. You will go home after work. You will leave the ship. When you're in port, where do you want to go home to? Is it Norfolk? Okay? Is it San Diego? Is it, whole, is it Hawaii? Is it Japan? doesn't matter. Choose what you want to do. Not what your parents, not what your friends are doing. What do you want to do? What's in your heart? Follow your gut. In addition, point number two. They never fucking told us this. And I do have a problem with that. Duty. Why the fuck did no one tell us that you had to stand duty as an officer? Essentially, right when you got done at the Naval Academy there, boom, you get thrown into a duty section. What is duty? Like I mentioned earlier, alluded to earlier. Every three, four, six, eight, or ten plus days, you are forced or required to spend 24 hours on the ship, holding it down, keeping it safe, standing watch, whatever it may be, whatever the ship needs. The bigger the ship, right? The bigger the crew, the more duty section. So if you're on a minesweeper or an LCS, essentially like every two or every three days, you'll be sleeping 24 hours on the ship. That sucks. Quality of life sucks. If you have a girlfriend or husband, wife, whatever you name it, dog, literally, it disrupts your personal life and it sucks. You're so close to home yet so far. Don't recommend a small ship. I was on a missile cruiser, which is similar to a destroyer, for my first tour, right? My first sea tour there. And duty section was every six days. Way better than three, but dude, six section absolutely sucked as well. Don't care about the capabilities of the ship. Don't care about the weapon systems, like the job you could potentially do, or area of operations or missions. None of that matters. Duty section matters. Choose an amphib. That's what I wish I would have done. LPD, LSD, LHD, the bigger the ship, the bigger the crew, the more duty sections. And my buddies or my friends that were on an aircraft carrier or an amphib, they had eight section duty or 10 section duty. They were living it up, higher quality of life. Dude, it absolutely matters. Remember, duty is a real thing. None of my friends or I had any clue that duty existed. And man, we got the fear of God struck into us as soon as we learned that. So to everyone listening, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Like I said, if you went Air Force, Army, or Coast Guard, please hit a brother up. I want to hear about your bases or where you were stationed or what you recommend. Much love and thank you guys so much for your service. To all the civilians out there, if you haven't been in the military, all good. We really appreciate the support. I know fellow veterans do as well. So thank you so much for having our backs. Stay well. Keep working hard. We're with you guys one day at a time. It's officially the new year, so happy new year to all of you guys. New year, new us, right? Hey, let's keep the press. I'm all in. Are you? As we come to a close, I would like to express my sincere appreciation to each and every one of you for joining us on this transformative journey. 
If you found value in our discussions and stories, I would greatly appreciate it if you could take a moment to leave a review for my podcast. Your reviews not only fuel my passion for creating meaningful content, but also allow others to discover this empowering space. Your support truly makes a difference. All links are in the description. Thank you for being an essential part of this dynamic community. Goodbye for now, and remember, keep going.